From savannahnow.com, I'm Adam Van Bremer, and this is The Commute. On today's episode, the Benedictine Cadets recently won their third football state championship in a six-year span, building on the program's storied tradition. A Savannah who played for BC, coached for them, and who now serves as the voice of the cadets puts all that success in perspective on today's podcast. We are a week removed from BC's 35-28 victory over Columbus Carver High School in the Georgia Class 4A state title game, and the cadet faithful are still reveling in that win. Pat Rossiter, who for the last 15 years has served as the public address announcer for BC home games and whose BC connections go back to before he was born, is our guest. But first, a message about our sponsor, National Office Systems. If you're a regular listener to The Commute, you know about Scott Center and his team over at National Office Systems and how they are Savannah's experts in office design and outfitting. They work with top quality suppliers such as Dirt Modular Interiors and Herman Miller Office Furniture to create comfortable and productive workspaces. Learn more by visiting www.natoffsys.com. That's N-A-T-O-F-F-S-Y-S.com. Now, here's the interview with Pat Rossiter. As we sit here on Thursday, December the 16th, we're about almost a week removed from a, a pretty high water, high water moment for a lot of folks in Savannah, especially those that are fans, alumni, uh, what have you, associated with the Benedictine Cadets. Of course, BC won a state championship last Friday up at the stadium formerly known as Turner Field. I think it has a different name now, but I'm always going to call it Turner Field and everybody's going to have to deal with that. But uh, I'm, I'm pleased to have Pat Roster on, who has been the, P, the PA, the public address announcer for BC Home Games for several years now. But his family goes back to before he was born, his association starts with BC. So, Pat, first of all, thank you for taking the time out of a busy day to talk to me. Uh, has it sunk in for, for you and for the rest of the BC faithful, the, the state championship? What's the last week been like? I can tell you, uh, Adam, thank you for having me. It's been uh, it's been just an amazing experience. I, I had the pleasure of going up in 2014, first time in the uh, old Georgia Dome, and, and, and saw that ball game, saw the 2016 game as well, and, and then, uh, of course, uh, went to Turner Field. I call it the same thing. It, right. uh, it was the most unusual atmosphere, foggy right. and, and all, but, boy, it was great. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think anything could could ruin a moment like that. You had those couple of years where 2014 BC finally breaks through, wins the state title. Two years later, you get another one. And then there was a little bit of a, for lack of a better word, a drought. I mean, the team was still doing really, really well. It just wasn't winning state championships. What did this title run in in the context of of getting it going five, six, seven years ago? How do those three tie together? What What's the experience been like? Well, uh, I think uh, the the key to this is is uh, is Danny Britt and the and the staff, and the of course you've got to have good players. So don't get me wrong, but but the buy-in uh, on all all the, the the folks, the students, the players, the uh, the the parents, the grandparents, the Subway alumni, so to speak, mm-hmm. in Notre Dame because we had a Subway, we'd all get wet. But anyway, the uh, <laughs> the main thing. The main thing that I see is, is that uh, this has been building and building and building. I've had the pleasure of doing the PA for 15 years now for BC, and that's just a lesson to be learned from. That is never tell the Catholic school you do something one time. 
because I was three championships <laughs> later. But uh, but the, the great thing is that uh, yeah, you can see, you can just see the the pride in all that. Was watching that student section Saturday in Atlanta was amazing. They they waved the BC flag on each side had the American flag. Those kids waved those flags for four quarters. They were waving at the beginning. They, they when the team brought them out, they waved them the whole the whole time. And and I'll tell you what, it was amazing. I'm in that stadium, and, and who do I bump into? Uh, Steve Kelly. Uh, we know Steve Kelly from the University of Georgia's national championship game. Uh, sure. He played in that ball game against Notre Dame. Steve Kelly was there to see the, see the cadets. Uh, Andrew Province, All-American from South Carolina. He was, uh, he was there. And it was just amazing. Saw so two of my nephews and, and their, their son, uh, one, of, one of the boys' sons. Uh, and, you know, it, 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 was a, it was a family affair. Uh, you know, people that you know in Savannah that are Benedictine alumni, or you may not know Benedictine alumni, but it was such a cross-section of folks. I mean, Stratton Leopold, I saw Stratton and talked to him for a little bit. It was, it was amazing to see the, the degree of support that was there. And it's been building and building and building. And if you go to the campus of BC, you'll see what started after the 2014. That's that athletic facility. You right. see it, uh, it's come on to phase two, and now hopefully the stadium will be finished in the next two years so I can design a press box. <laughs> anyway, but, uh, but it's, uh, it's just amazing. And, and uh, I'll never forget that uh, in my younger days, uh, I was starting Richmond Hills football program as, as head coach there. And uh, Coach Russell was starting at Georgia Southern about the same time. And I had, happened to run into Dr. Lick. And I asked Dr. Lick, I said, Dr. Lick, why did, you, why did you think a football program was so important there? And he told me something that was very interesting. He said, the research money follows the football money. And I did not think about that. But, but you know, that is the truth. You start getting a, a winning attitude, it, it just becomes infectious. And, uh, and it takes off. You could see that in, in the fundraising that Benedict has been able to do. I mean, when the football program has been successful over the years, guess what? Enrollment's been up. Donations have been up. It's just a good time, and it's a great time to be a cadet. Yes, it's the front porch of a university and, by extension, the front porch of a high school. And that's one thing that's always really struck me about BC is that the passion. And you'll go to – you'll see people around town that are, you know, they're walking around with walkers, and, you know, they're – there, there's some really elderly people who are decked out in their BC gear. It's just, it strikes me the the level of pride that there is for a high school here in Savannah. Well, you know, you you look at you look at some of the people that that have come through here that you may or may not know were Benedict alumni. Herbie Griffin. Herbie was the uh, is the legendary uh, basketball coach at St. Vincent's. He was there for ages. He's the oldest living alumni right now, and and I tell you what, he is so proud of that. He sits right down there on the 50 yard line, and uh, right underneath my my window in the press box. And I can tell you, it wasn't it wasn't two or three years ago that I had Mr. Orsini, who was at the hundred mark, if not over it, and uh, he was the oldest. And they're there in the stadium, and I, I had right. the pleasure to to uh, to host them up there in the press box. And uh, and it's it's amazing. You look back on some of the people that have that have come through the school. Tom Coleman. Senator Tom Coleman, uh, transportation director. He's just, an, and I'm just mentioning a few. Sure. Um, uh, Brian Blake, the new president of uh, Georgia State University, the largest university in the state of Georgia, is a 1989 graduate of Benedict and a, uh, African American, and a great guy. Um, it's it's uh, it's interesting, and you know, in anticipation of what you were uh, 
talking about BC. I went to the mission and looked at it. And do you know the mission? And there was something here that, that caught me, and I really didn't even think about this part. It says BC seeks to form and educate young men from diverse backgrounds, uh, support a deep commitment to the faith, prepare for, for uh, life through a quality academic program, develop leadership skills through ROTC, athletics, and extracurricular activity. How many mission statements for schools have you ever seen? Extracurricular activities mentioned as a part of part and parcel of their key, which ties into the military academies and things of that nature. Those people are looking for people who demonstrate the leadership in a team setting, and I, yeah. and I'll tell you what, it's uh, it's it's working. Yeah, leadership is it's certainly part of education. They, those two go go hand in hand together. You mentioned Danny Britt earlier, and, and what is his secret sauce? Do you think what's what's he got going that? That uh, Jim Walsh was great, and they always had BC's always had great coaches. But what kind of sets right apart? Well, I, I can tell you this: I, I uh, I've known Coach Britt for several years. Uh, you know, Georgia Southern product, uh, and I, I can tell you he he leads by example. I mean, on and off the field, he is he is goal driven, focused. Um, he has this non no nonsense love for his players. For, his, uh, for the school, for the staff. Um, something I noticed, uh, he coaches his coaches. Every day there is a, there is a different, uh, you know, as they prepare. You can see the intensity in which, uh, which they prepare. And one thing I've noticed, he treats everybody, whether you be a coach, whether you be a player, uh, whether you're a student athlete or not. You know, he treats you as an individual. When he's talking to you, he listens, and he treats you as an individual, and it's always within the framework of a team. And I'll, I'll be honest, I've, I've, uh, I've, not, uh, I've not run into one as strong as he is in terms of uh, communication skills. He can get those kids to run through walls more. It seems like when they had the, the run a couple of years ago, there was a lot of talk about how long is he going to stay? Is he going to go? Is he going to go coach college somewhere, whether it's as a coordinator or as a head coach? Is there that talk now? Is that a realistic fear? How's, what's the general tone of people around his future? You know, I hear the I hear the talk as well about uh, you know about Coach Prince been there two or three two or three times and very very strong and things of that nature. I think uh, I think Coach Britt would be so successful in the college level it's unbelievable. I mean, mm-hmm. but you know you have to remember uh, Kirby Smart began his college uh, uh, you know what do they call it internships or things while while sure. graduate assistant, but Grad he began assistant. his career at Valdosta State. <laughs> Right. I mean, so that's going way, way back. I, I just, uh, I think Coach Britt is very aware of how the impact he has on young men and the number of young men that he, uh, and, and families. So it's not just young men. Um, and I'm not real sure. Uh, I think the driving force behind him is he's, uh, he sees the number of lives that he influences. And I think it's, uh, you step up to that next level, then you're, uh, you're in more of a little micro Right. there, you know, That's right. whether it be defensive ends or linebackers, or something yeah. of that nature. So, so anyway, that was, uh, that's my, I hope we don't, we don't lose him, but to be honest with you, the way money's running around, if it trickles down to, to, uh, to, to a level and uh, there's no doubt, I would, I would give Danny Britt the highest recommendation that you could get because number one, he can coach at any level and he's right. got the recipe for success. Let's tie up this season a little bit. I know the season started 0-2, finished winning, I think, 13 or 14 games in a row. Obviously, the competition those first two games was was pretty high level. 
but did you see a evolution of maturity and improvement in this team over the course of the season? I, I did. And when I, when I, um, when the season began, I, I mean, I can remember the 2014 and the 2016 and the 2020 uh, one season all had one thing in common. They started off with either the offense or the defense being stronger okay. and the other one having to mature a little bit. I saw the same exact thing uh, this time. That game that we played against the University of Miami, I mean, Christopher Columbus uh, High School out of Miami, you should have seen that team, Adam. I'm telling you, they were huge. And they were, they, were, they were really, really good. We stayed toe-to-toe. We got down two touchdowns to them, and I was so proud of the way they fought back and made that a ball game. And uh, at that point, I started to say, wow, this team might be a little bit uh, ahead of some of these other teams that special, I've, huh? I've seen yeah. over the years. And sure enough, um, same thing. I remember the 2014 game uh, with uh, – they had uh, Stevie Powers. Stevie Powers was the quarterback, and he um, – he went ahead and uh, and guided that team, and, and it's a lot easier to guide the team when you got Brad Stewart at receiver. That's so I'm, I'm telling you, two two quality young men, and there were many others on that team. Don't get right. me wrong, but I mean, many other guys that uh, that really uh, you know contributed there. So excuse my phone. That's just uh, anytime I get a text message, I'm afraid that stupid thing's going to go off. <laughs> so anyway, the uh, the key factor is is watching a team over over the years. And I'll be honest, adversity hit when we went over to Buford and lost to a real good Buford team. Right. I mean, uh, as you can tell, they went through the uh, they went through the season and did uh, did extremely well. And uh, so that was not uh, that was not a fluke. They were a good football team. So you know, coming back off the mat, I mean, the difference with this team, uh, you know, they can take a punch. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. what I noticed, and I, I even even wrote that that raised them because they can take a punch, and it's um, is is no doubt that. Uh, that they uh, they got better every game, and I I don't know what he they have an uncanny ability for peaking at the right time. Last year they finished finished to Jefferson, I believe it was last year, and they didn't get to the but they got into the state playoffs again, and were basically one one or two plays away from being right in the hunt last year. So I mean, uh, it, you know, it's it's amazing, but those kids never took their eye off that goal or the prize, and it's uh, it's amazing to watch them mature. The crazy thing is, other than having a program. If I uh, if I see them out of out of number out of uniform, hell, I can't recognize half of them. But it's funny. The minute I walk somewhere with them and, I, and my voice goes out, they all turn and say, "That's him." <laughs> they know who you are. That's him. That's right. They recognize That's the right. voice. But it's uh, it's funny. It's it, it works in a double edged sword that I don't know. Uh, I can't recognize a lot of those kids unless unless of course I've met them. Uh, you know, outside of the the process. But then it's been a it's been a tremendous experience, and I and I see great great things happening. Uh, um, the Gurner young man, Holden, uh, unfortunately I was working, so I couldn't go to a signing yesterday, but, uh, Holden is a, is a class act, but, uh, I will tell you his brother, his brother, Carter did, did a heck of a job leading us in, in 2016. Right. So, I mean, right. uh, you know, that's amazing. Uh, so, uh, and, uh, I also had the great pleasure of coaching their daddy when I was teaching at BC from uh, oh, how about that? in the early eighties. And that, that was amazing to, to go back to your, your school and, and uh, be able to coach, and uh, I coached under the man I played for, Jim, uh, Jim Walsh, and uh, got to coach with Tommy Brennan and and Tommy Cannon, and all. And the, the one thing that gets me is, is the coaches that have been over there, the assistants and all. A lot of alumni have been involved in in, in the athletic program, and, and are to this day. 
and it's uh, you know it's it's something. AJ DePhillips, offensive coordinator. AJ and my son played ball together. I will tell you this: that was the most masterful football game I've ever seen called in in Atlanta Saturday. They used a play that Maris used against us oh, okay. to win the state championship. <laughs> Amazing! And Oconee used the same play against us yeah. the week before. So it's wow. a, it's you know the ability to move and, and change that's 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 amazing. Right. So Gurner moves on. Thomas moves on. We got some others that are moving on. For the future, though, you, you can't help but be excited, even though you're going to have to have new pieces in place, right? But, uh, I can tell you right now, I do not know this for sure, but I would 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 guess that the uh, the heir apparent to the quarterback slot, and it'll be a competition. Don't get me wrong, but uh, mm-hmm. the wideout that we had playing, uh, where's number seventeen, Luke Cromenhawk. I think you're going to see some great, great things out of Luke. His his brother uh, Mac is a, is a is bigger physically and all that stuff. Uh, he played defense and, and, and basically was the defensive end and did a heck of a job this year. He's moving on. His brother will kind of step up in there. A lot of young kids on BC's team will have to step in there. A lot of spots that have to be filled. But you know what? It's they're not uh, they're not rebuilding. They're just retooling. Retooling. Yeah. And that's that's yeah. the that's the key. That's the key to a to a successful. Uh, that's when you know your program's successful. When you don't that's rebuild, right. you just do. <laughs> that's right. So. That's absolutely right. Well, Pat, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day and, and filling us in on BC. It was an exciting season, and now we go through the long drought uh, until next September, which is that's part of life. But uh, I know f- for me, it's it's a hard it's a hard wait, and I'm sure it is for you too. But thanks again for taking the time. Not a problem. Uh, every uh, every year about uh, July, I call Danny and say, uh, "Okay, you 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 know our deal. You can fire me if you want to bring somebody else in." <laughs> he said, "No, I'm not." Gonna do it. So, so we uh, always give him the opportunity to uh, to fire me at the beginning of the year to make sure I'm not a, a nuisance or a pest. So, anyway, uh, hey Adam, thank you, and we appreciate the coverage. Uh, the the uh, the writers at the, at the newspaper do a super job. They kind of like to come into the press box. Uh, we've had two uh, two alumni that have been spotting with me for 15 years, and that's Michael right. Powers and and Mark Powers. They do a super job, and and I appreciate uh, everything they do, and and you at the newspaper. And all thanks a bunch. Thanks one more time to Pat. Other news of note in Savannah today. Port Wentworth has made a list of the top 10 most affordable cities to live in Georgia. A financial technology firm compared home costs there to other Georgia cities of 5,000 or more residents, taking into account median household income, which is near $80,000 per year. Port Wentworth ranked eighth on the list. Also, local restauranteur Frank Oots is being remembered for his spirit and generosity. The proprietor of Papa's Barbecue and Seafood, a favorite eatery on Whitmarsh Island, died Sunday in a motorcycle accident. And in sports, Georgia Southern's women's basketball team won a game Monday by a score of 133-15. to The 118-point differential was the second-largest margin of victory for a Division I women's team since the NCAA began keeping records in 1981-1982 season. The largest winning margin belongs to another local school. The Savannah State Tiger women won a 2018 game by 129 points. The score, 155-26. Read those stories and more at savannahnow.com, the online home of the Savannah Morning News. Get full access to savannahnow.com and 
$1 mobile app for just $1 a month for the next six months. Go to savannahnow.com slash subscribe now and sign up. Once again, that's savannahnow.com slash subscribe now. That's all for the Thursday Commute Podcast. Thanks again to our presenting sponsor, National Office Systems. For more interviews with local newsmakers, check out the Commute archives by searching The Commute with that Savannah opinion. The Commute returns next Tuesday with a colorful and in-depth discussion about small business in Savannah with Rule Joiner, owner of 24E, an interior design business that until recently had a popular storefront on Broughton Street. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you.